hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 96, live from CES. Thanks for joining us, and I'm here. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, joining me each and every week, and live and in person this week in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. How are you going, Trevor? How are you handling uh, CES? You're finding your way okay? One, Not even one day in, I'm, I'm buggered. Yeah, it's a big show. I think we should explain it to the listeners. It is a... It is the Super Bowl of games. It's so enormous, and, uh, and we'll try and bring you through it over the next few days on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So the reason we, um, we, we're here today is this is the actual first day of the show. It's Tuesday in America, and uh, the, the, the day, day one is today. But day zero was yesterday, press day. That's when all the media get together, and down at the Mandalay Bay, um, all the big companies, Samsung, LG, Panasonic, Sony... Uh, except they're a different venue. Netgear. Back to back um, and and overlapping, uh, try and release products to the media in a very coordinated way. Yeah. How did you find Press Day compared to the last yeah. nine years? Well, it's uh, it was the first time I'd ever been to. Uh, it's usually at the Venetian. This year was at a different venue, the Mandalay yep. Bay. But it, it, what it typically is uh, kicked off by LG every year at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, Far too 40, early. In 40, book. Yeah, Forty-five minute press conferences. The next one starts at uh, on the hour, but. Usually you only have time to go to every second press conference because you need to queue up to get into uh, to certain press conferences. I know the Samsung press conference and LG press conferences, people were queuing for hours yeah, before. So just to show you the scale of this thing, uh, there, there's more than, I think, 3,000 journalists here, more than 150,000 attendees. And they're going to release something like more than 20,000 products here at the show. So we've got a lot of work to do here, Trev, there's, at the Consumer Electronics there's, Show. There's, I think, 3,624 exhibitors. It's a record number of exhibitors. Um, Gary Shapiro mentioned me earlier today. So it is, it's the biggest in terms of exhibitors. It actually can't get any bigger, did you know? There's, there's actually no more room to expand until 2015. There must be some expansion plans. But So press day, um, LG kicked it off. Um, yes, I, I mean, it wasn't overly inspiring. The thing that I took out of it was that the OLED TV, the OLED TV which they revealed last year here, is now going to be available for $12,000 in March. So that was an announcement. Plus the ultra-high-definition TVs are coming. Yeah, well, they, they, they've sort of led the way with ultra-high-definition in terms of availability and price. So they're, they're, they're positioned a bit more aggressively in the market, but they've also announced smaller ultra-high-def TVs, 55 and 65 inches. Uh, so, But what, what I took out of LG was... Their, their, their mantra for the whole thing was touch the smart life. Now, yeah. touch and smart were two things we've heard a lot. Now, with, Possibly too much. Well, with, with, you know, they've been talking about connected home and connectivity at CES for years, as long as I yeah. can remember. But I think this is the first year that it's actually going to happen. Mm. With And especially now with, this, with the power of our smartphones and our yep. tablets, they're going to be really the remote control of our lives in, in these networks to, to access content, share content, control other devices. Yep. And it's not just entertainment products. No. We're talking refrigerators, yes. ovens, washing machines, 
robot vacuum cleaners is all included. And one of the things they're using there is uh, near-field communications, the old tap-and-go right. in your mobile phone. So if that's built into your phone, and I did get the sense that they weren't just talking about LG phones too, they were talking about it being apps. So hopefully it will be an NFC phone that has the app can do it. That simplicity of NFC is what is really going to drive it home yeah. for the customer. Like you could, you could do all this already, it's a bit complicated, but that one touch, that one little motion, very simple, you yeah. know, that, that my grandmother could do it. Yeah. That, that's what's going to make these products a success. Yeah. The, um, let's just quickly talk about ultra-high definition uh, or 4K. So Sony calls it 4K, LG, Samsung, Hana, they all call it ultra-high definition. Um, so ultra-high definition is four times the, uh, the quality of the current full HD that we have. And, and it is impressive. Now, I'm, I'm, I will put hand on heart and say I was not wrong, but I, was, I, I went off too early with 4K. Um, I, I thought well, you know what? went off too early. Meant you bagged it early, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. I bagged it heavily, yeah, frankly. You were, you were but, an naysayer. Yeah, no. And I tell you why. I'm like, why would you buy a 4K TV? There's no content. Da da da. Well, that's still the case. There's no, no content. But it's coming. Sony won me over. Yeah. At the Sony stand <laughs> here at CES, they have two huge, probably 84 inch TVs, both 4K. One of them's running a high definition video. The other one's running the exact same video, upscaled to 4K. And you know what? It looks beautiful. It's better colour, and frankly, it looks clearer. I don't yeah, know how. Sony's upscaling of their 4K. They've, they've got it on their, their TV. They've also got it on their projector, their 4K projector as well. Uh, but it's in Sony's best interest to make this a success. Because oh, yeah. don't forget, they've got a movie studio to support as well. You know, they've got they've got content coming down the pipe from movie and, studio. And they, they sell cameras that make the stuff too. Absolutely right. So in the whole ecosystem, they want to be a player. Uh, and and they they also introduced they've also already had an 84 inch which, which we already knew yep. about but they too introduced a 65 inch and a 55 inch to make it a bit more accessible for those who don't want to who maybe not want to buy a car well, but want to buy a TV instead can't fit an that's 84 right. inch TV that's as well. so I think that uh, that that's a, that's a theme we're seeing across the show 4K smaller screen sizes but in the wow the huge size including 110 inches on the Samsung stand there's even a 110 inch 4K at at the, on the TCL stand and at well. iSense as well yes right. in fact there's one around at something called Skyware or something in the North Hall, so I don't know what that is anyway the, the last thing I want to say about 4K and ultra high definition is um, and I, I'm going to need to put the explicit mark on this podcast seriously TV industry get your shit together because it's confusing okay we need to be very clear this is not Blu-ray versus HD DVD this is not beta cam versus VHS. This is the same thing. It's the same. But Sony is calling it 4K. But everyone Sony... who listens to two blows talking tech know exactly what's going on. I know that, but, ser- but but I want the boss of Sony to listen. Of course. And understand that. And I know, he already does. I know that you. Shout out to Carl Rose and Sony. I know that you've got 4K written on the side of your cameras and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for the consumer. And the average Joe at Harvey Norman call it ultra high definition. Yeah, that's because a fair it's call, confusing. Trevor. That's a fair call, Trevor. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. And you know what? That's kind of what the message they're, they're calling it. In, in the same, there are some companies here that are calling it UHD 4K. Yeah. So we're getting the best of both worlds there. I yeah. think Sony is stuck on the 4K because it's kind of there a little bit. Yeah, and you know, do you know why they're stuck on it? Because the, the cameras they're building have 4K written yes, on the side. And you know, my message to Sony, and I've written about this, is. You know what? For the for the production market, yeah. for the people making content, call it 4K. But for the mums and dads buying TVs, it's ultra high definition. I totally agree, Trevor. And uh, you know, Sony, don't forget, have got 4K projectors and cinemas. Yeah. They're heavily heavily into the yeah, yeah. 4K ecosystem, as I've mentioned. So, no, no, I agree. Though, if they want to make it a bit consumer friendly, and let's face it, Sony could use a bit more consumers nowadays. They should be to follow our advice. Exactly. Follow the advice of the two blokes talking tech.
So leaving aside TVs for a minute, let's uh, let's look at some other things that happen on press day. I think Netgear and, and yeah, they're sponsors of ours, but we went along because that, that's a well attended press conference, in fact, was. packed press conference. And certainly was. I, I've got to say, I think we've noticed, or I noticed, a massive shift in Netgear. Netgear, Patrick Lowe is a, is a smart man. I think he's a really nice bloke as well, and he's made some great products over the years. But I think what they've realised is they need to do more than just networking. And, and but but their, their job is connecting. So they've not only got a new new look. Not, not a new logo, but just some colours around it. But they're also changing the way they approach the products. It used to be routers and modems and, and Wi-Fi range extenders. Now, two things stood out for me. First one, uh, a little camera they've, they've got. They, I think they bought a company because it's been around for a while, which is entirely battery-powered. So it's a surveillance camera, essentially, for your home. You can put it in any room, any place, and over, the, over your network or over the internet, you can watch what's on the camera. It doesn't require power because it's the biggest problem. It uses a camera battery. Yeah, it uses yeah. a camera battery, which lasts a while. Um, so that's a great product to talk about. And the other one is they've launched their Neo TV, which is a great product, and I've liked it. But it, it, it lacks one thing, and that is the, the intuition and the user interface of... Google TV, and now they've got one called Neo TV Prime yep. with Google TV, and it is awesome. And I reckon that thing will sell like bloody hotcakes. Uh, I agree. I, and the what, what the theme of their press conference was too was that moving customers towards the smart home concept. And the smart home concept is not only automation, but it's also the, the ability to easily share content, get things done around the house, communication content, access content, uh, and. Their products, are, and let's start with the View Zone. Mm. That's a really good uh, access product for. It's a tiny camera, it fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah. It's about the size of an egg. Yeah, it's about the size of, a, of an egg. Would that be fair? Yeah. Okay. What are you laughing at? It's anyway, distra- it's distracting here at sea. It is a little bit, but anyway, pay attention, Trevor. But uh, the View Zone camera, which is really easy to mount, there's there's a little. Uh, yeah, it is distracting here at CES. There is a little, there is a little magnetic mount that yes. sort of attaches to the wall, Jeez. and you can move it anywhere you want. You can, you can tap into what the camera is seeing through your smartphone, night vision through a web browser. The new camera was has, now has night vision, so a really easy way to keep an eye on your, your house, your holiday house, your pets, your pets. wife, your husband, <laughs> whatever you want to be doing. No, look, I, no, I reckon that is the start of something new for them. I reckon they're, they're probably, I don't think they're short of a, a, a quid. So, yeah. as, a, as, a, as an organisation, so I think they're probably going to look for acquisitions like that in that network well, connectivity. It plays part. right into what they do best, and that's connecting people wirelessly. And if, yeah. you're, if you're on a Wi-Fi network, you know, it just easily can uh, yeah. can be added to your network. So the other one was the, there was the Neo TV. As I said, I've used the Neo TV a lot, but the interface was never brilliant, um, and it did do some good interaction with your home network. So if you've got files or photos yeah. or videos fantastic but you so know streaming it's a streaming player getting on the web though and those kind of things to have Google TV and a Netgear product I reckon is just ballsy yeah, it and, it, and it's fantastic and, and just mentioning Google too They're, they are everywhere like yeah. every major company's got a Google TV like yeah. LG have got one TCL have got one yeah. now Netgear are providing one and what I like about the Neo Neo TV is the fact that if you do already own a television might not you just necessarily be a smart television no, exactly. this makes it a smart television just well, because it draws me to the same area, because Google, uh, the Google TV is about the interface to me. Credit to Samsung too, I think, for their new Smart Hub interface. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's a five five panel interface. Talks about TVs, movies, apps, um, all that. That's kind of a stuff. brilliant segue, Trevor, because the Samsung press conference was probably the most, uh, the biggest press conference I think at press day. They had the biggest ballroom, they had the biggest lines, yeah. and they had the biggest television, eighty five inch ultra high definition um, on a gallery stand it kind of looked like a blackboard yeah. you see in a, in a school room yeah an A-frame I'm kind of banging yeah. off it it does yeah someone yeah. else mentioned that too that they're sort of the, they're going for the B&O sort of really refined yeah. look but um, 
they also had, you mentioned the smart interface, they also had their upgraded smart TV line that's also got uh, more intelligent uh, interaction with, uh, there's a new feature called S Recommendation. Yes. So you literally talk to the TV, you say to the TV, you can ask the TV anything good on TV or yeah. any Tom Cruise movies on TV or any Two Blokes Talking Tech podcasts. And this thing we like that happen. Yes, well, you, you know what I'm trying to, to get at. It. It's yeah, a very, yeah. You don't need to have preset phrases. It uses everyday English. Yep. And just makes that that interaction a little bit easier. Yeah, no, I think it's an absolute ball terror because the interface is a real problem for me on all these smart yeah. TVs. And you know, I was, I was in a meeting earlier with uh, Gary Shapiro, the boss of uh, CES or CEA, um, and you know, someone said to him, "Well, smart TVs are only in four percent of the homes," and he questioned the statistic because I think smart TVs are probably in twenty or thirty percent of homes, but the, no number, of, the, the number of people using the smart is so low. So that, that's a really but important. But I think too, like, we, I just want to just talk about quickly about gesture control. Yep. Now, gesture control was introduced here last year, and for those who don't know what it is, you Anyone wave your got, arm around. There's other TVs that have it. You wave your arm in front of the television and your arm gets tired. Mm. Uh, and, and LG had a bit of a funny crack at uh, the oh, other, yeah. other manufacturers about, oh, you know, you wave your full arm around, you get tired. That's because LG introduced finger gestures. <laughs> All you need to do is just sort of raise a finger and move your finger around rather than waving your whole arm around and getting tired. My message to LG on that is um, I've been using finger gestures for a very long time. You point your finger at the remote and you press go. I heard you use a lot of finger gestures yeah. while you're driving, mate, but we should have mentioned that here. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, the finger gestures on a remote control are to press the channel button, so I'm still yet to be a believer before, in the gestures. Before you need to do, and I know you, you're very sensitive when it comes to heavy products and doing any kind of work, okay? I know that if, if, if all you need do is raise a finger and wave it around, mate. That's not too bad. Yeah, I'm with you. you know, if you're waving your arm around, that's like exercise for you. You'll never be doing that. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So before we talk about, I guess, some of the things we've seen on the show floor today, let's talk about the quirky stuff, because there's always something quirky here. And um, at CES Unbarred, which was the day before press day, the Sunday, there was one thing that was particularly quirky, which thankfully was that one thing that's gotten me through most of my radio interviews, which was when they say to you, what's the coolest thing you've seen? You go, oh, well... Is the smart fork, yeah? The happy fork, fork, right? Pretty funny stuff. I mean, here's a fork that when you chew on it, when you bite the food off it, it knows you've done that. So it vibrates if you're eating too fast, yeah? So So hang on. So if you put your fork into another piece of food too soon, Mm. it'll vibrate to say, slow down. Yep. Whirl boy. Yes. Mate, it's going to vibrate to hell when I use it. Exactly. So what happens is when you you bite down on it, your lips create a... Mm. They close the circuit, so it knows... So, because it's smart, it knows when you start eating, when you yep. finish eating, and how many mouthfuls you've had, and it vibrates when you're eating too fast. I mean, seriously, what a complete low waste when of time. You, when you were talking about this product, did you ask them if you could get the fork out of here? <laughs> I, I did to ask, that out, I, I did ask whether it was dishwasher proof, because you can ah, take the ends of out. Of course, yes. Anyway, that's the, that's, that's, that's the quirky one. Yeah, that's the quirky I, side. I want to throw another CES. quirky one in uh, at CES Unveiled, mm. too. With the, with, you've heard of the smart fork now. There's already the smartphone, the smart yep. TV. Now there are the smart glasses. I read about oh, yeah. these on Tech Guide. Yep. Now these are an over-the-ear headset that, that work like a Bluetooth headset, yep. but have a little extendable arm and a little 16 by 9 screen that sits right in front of your eye in your eye line and gives you then visual uh, f- feedback from your phone. Like there might yep. be an email, a message, or you can even look at web content. Have you physically put them on and I seen that? Seen There's the a projection? photo of me on Tech Guide. No, but did wearing you? Them. Oh, yeah, I, I was there when you did that. It is manageable. Yes, you can see it. It is oh. easy to see because it's right in your eye line and the the size of the screen relative to the, the proximity of your face, so it's close to your and face. And you can focus on it? Is, yeah, you can, quite easily. And 
thing when you don't want to focus on it, you can look beyond it and see what's in, in the world, in the outside world. Well, what it's got in it too, it's got GPS and head tracking. So what this means, tracking. it knows where, where you you're are looking, and it knows what way you're facing. So yeah. it can give you information. You might be walking around CS, and it could give you real time information. No, go information. look the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, well that's, that's another quick. I, I saw that unveiled. I'll have a good look at that here. You'll point me in the right direction. Let, let me throw an absolute curly one at you, right? Now. I'm going to have to show you a photo of this one because this okay. uh, this blew my mind, right? So um, I found a company. It's one of those crazy little companies doing stuff. This is out of the South Hall. Yeah, this yeah. is out of the South Hall. This is gold, all right? This is South pure Hall, gold. A lot of, there's a lot of gems Gotta in hope the it's South in here. Hall. Gotta hope it's in here. It's uh, an iPad accessory, right? Yes. Yeah? It describe the people what that is. Yes, yeah? it's the, called the Pad Potty. It's, oh, so, okay. It's the well, toilet training. You know what, Trevor? I reckon, right? I know you I know you. when you go into the toilet, you often take the newspaper with you. I don't know. It's a man thing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a, a device. Well, can we call it a device? It's more a toy. It's an accessory. You can, you can clip an iPad into, into this it's device, into the potty. When you're toilet training your kids they can, to sit they down, can play an app. They yeah. can play an app. What an incentive. They can play Angry Birds while they pee. And I used to offer my kids lollies if they did this, but now you can offer them, if you want, if you go to the toilet, you can play with the iPad. Honestly. That is really I, cool. I really don't want to let my, uh, actually my daughter, <laughs> for my daughter, they'll never get okay. off the potty, mate, if they do that. Harrison, though, when he starts pointing and shooting, there's not going to be no iPad around then. Oh, boy, yes. It has to be a waterproof iPad, hopefully. But uh, that's, that's a really quirky product. Loving that. Okay, so day one, um, as we said, there's kind of three halls. It's, it's a lot more than that, really. But let, let's talk about what you've seen today. Um, I, I I didn't go through the central hall. That's where the bulk of it is. What have you seen today? Here today? Well, I, I did my because uh, LG, I should state, LG are the company who's uh, who's brought me to Vegas, and and my first port of call today was their LG booth tour, uh, and we saw not only the OLED, the OLED TVs. Uh, there are a new model that's going to even come out later this year as well. So this is a preview here, but they also showed a curved. OLED screen, yeah. so it, it's sort of it, it's not a flat normal television. It's curved, so it's like, that like big an it has to be screen. curved. Well, no, it makes sense because if it's a decent size, it, and, and if you're in the middle of the television, the edges and the centre of the TV are going to be equidistant, equal distance away from where you're sitting. Yeah. So I, I kind of that, that wraparound feel is I actually get the a sense, good thing. But they don't do that at the movie theatres. So well, no, they do in some. In IMAX in some, and some theatres well, are shaped yeah. like that. Yeah, there are some in LA that are also uh, that shape as well. I think Samsung. Also also have a curved OLED screen and it's funny it was something that nobody knew about but was unveiled here literally as soon as the show opened they took the covers off this curved OLED no one mentioned it at the press conference mm. it is here on the stand at LG yeah okay so very cool and where'd you go after LG uh, LG uh, after LG I went over and met with uh, Ford and then I think you've spoken yep, to Ford I, too I, and it's all about yeah I spoke to Ed as well and about their how they've been developed like an API like a, a development kit for uh, app developers to maybe plug into the Ford system so that yeah. their app may be compatible with the with the voice control or the steering wheel yeah. on the Ford and cars, so, which I think is very smart. Yeah, and, and it took me a while to understand what they were really meaning. So it's not they're not opening up their cars to developers. What they're doing is saying, if you've got an app on the iPhone or Android right now and you would like to interact with the car, here's how you do it. So not only can the app, while you're listening to the radio or whatever it is, can it display text on the screen, but it can also receive. So imagine this, a couple of scenarios. One is track days. If you're an absolute rev head, you could have an app that receives actual information from the car about speed, acceleration, g-forces, and records it in the app. The other one could be, it could be an app from your insurer, right, that knows where you are, how fast you're going, 
and actually you get an incentive. You might save half. You might get fifty percent discount on your premium if you run the app. Because if you're speeding when the accident happens, maybe your excess is double. You know, who knows what it is? Oh, there's so many applications, and we all already use apps to help us communicate and find information. Bluetooth's obviously a common thing in cars now. But I think a, a showing a bit of initiative, I think, forward there, where they're yeah. giving back developers, and it could be anybody who Absolutely. wants to use their their app and implement it in the Ford vehicles. They've got a toolkit now that they can do it. Okay, so where I went first, um, just to be different, was to the North Hall, which is yeah. where. Essentially, the car hall, you know what? The iLounge. Exactly, iLounge, which is all the Apple accessories and, and the cars. I did have a look at all the cars, but I kind of haven't had a good look yet. But I've got to tell you, if there's 150,000 people here at CES, and there's what uh, seven billion people in the world, there's probably seven billion iPhone cases in that hall. Seriously, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Don't forget but, the iPad cases too. iPhone, iPad. But I will tell you, there is there is a couple of because mainly it's interesting. But they're not really um, looking for publicity. They're actually looking for buyers, yes. right? Because these are factories that are, that are displaying here. But I saw some really cool things which hopefully I can get a better look at. And iPad mini keyboards for a start. I hadn't actually seen any. Okay. Have you seen any iPad mini keyboards no. before today? No. So well, The iPad mini's only been out a few months. Exactly. So. Up, in the nor- up in the North Hall there's some iPad mini keyboards and, and cases for them. There's also a really nice um, ultra thin keyboard that is thinner and lighter than the Logitech one. Very nice. For the so, iPad Mini as well? For the, no, for the iPad. Okay. So that's, that kind of stuff is, is just, massive. Just on that, I think it's interesting to know that Apple obviously are not here. They've never attended CES. Never have and I think they but, never will. But you know what Gary Shapiro says? Be very clear. Apple, Google, Microsoft. They are not paying to be exhibitors here. But they're here. That, well, they're here, here not directly. Oh, no. they're here in... Oh, no, they're, they're here they're, walking, walking they're, the floor. There's people walking the floor. There's yes. people having meetings. Apple have meetings. Of course, yes, of course. So they're, they're here. No, they're, they're not exhibiting. Not exhibiting. Yes. They're, they're, not, they're not open like Samsung and LG That's publicly. Right. They, don't, they don't have a booth. Yep. But uh, yet they've got so much influence here. Every second product could plug into an iPhone or there's a case, a uh, keyboard. I think that the ecosystem they've created, it will, let's face it, you can't ignore it. Uh, and this is the biggest tech show in the world. So obviously they're going to be... Uh, a lot of products here that fit into that ecosystem. You'll, you'll have to obviously wait to read these kind of things on techguide.com.au and I'm putting stuff on eftm.com.au. Um, there's a couple of Aussie blokes up there with a case which uh, went through Kickstarter about a year ago, the, the wallet case, so just a very thin extra extra sleeve on the back. It's a hard case where you can put your credit cards and things. Yep. There was a lot of simple innovations in cases. A couple of shout-outs to a couple of Aussie companies here too uh, that are case and, and bag manufacturers. Uh, STM. Yep. Uh, they're, they're here. I, I think they don't have a... I think they've got a sweet off, off the floor, yep. but they are talking to retailers and journalists. Yep. And Signet, Signet uh, have a huge stand. They have a big stand there. And I had a look. shout out to them, Sophie Swan, the founder. We think we spoke about their headphones yes. last week. They're Signet here. is a baby Swan. Really, that's right. They're doing a lot. They're doing really well here I'm in the US. I've got to tell you, mate. You Started walk, out of Melbourne. They're doing really well. You walk into the North Hall. That's an impressive stand. Yes, very impressive. Oh, well, I haven't made it over there yet, but I've promised to um, to journey over there and say good day. So I, uh, before we find out what you did after um, after the Ford and LG, I, I then went straight up to the south hall. I mean, yep. a, a bloody long walk actually too. Yes. And had a quick. I didn't. Again, I haven't really done the done the floors, but just had a scan of what was there. The um, the health and fitness is unbelievable. They've got so much in health down there. It is amazing. So well, we, I think that, that's another big theme of the show. I think that, I, that I'm going to actually. I'm sort of at the moment planning all the different categories I'm going to write about because there's so much to see here. But health and fitness is thing. It's something Gary Shapiro spoke to me about the other day too. He said that everyone's in. Everyone has a right to health. 
and technology is going to be a way for them to connect them to their their practitioners and the the people they need to to, to keep them healthy. Uh, I think it's a great way to monitor your health as well. And no doubt, no no wonder there's plenty of those products here at CES. So where did you go after Ford? Uh, Well, after Ford, I went to TCL stand. Now, we've spoken on the program few months ago about TCL Smart yep. TV that now this is the Chinese brand who's making it really big in Australia had had something like I think they're the number four television brand in Australia yeah. after being the number drink? seven brand uh, in 2011 so they've, they've even overtaken Panasonic in Australia yeah. in terms of sales so that's pretty good. This says a lot. So I had a look through their stand and they're, they're, they're you know, very impressive television and they're really shaking that stigma that Chinese means inferior. Correct. You know, they're, 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 um, they're, they're saying is that look we're giving you a super supreme product at a hammer pineapple price. Yeah, that, that's right. what they—that's how they. The, the, you can see the design that goes into their products, the then quality. It's, good, it's an interesting point you make because the Chinese stigma, if I can call it yes. that, is a tough one. You know, Kogan suffers from it because they, you know they're just Chinese imports, that kind yes. of thing. But Lenovo, yeah, yeah. that's a Chinese, Chinese company Trump. making. Unbelievable well, CCL, CCL has a massive, they're a number one brand in China for a start, but they have a massive factory they created in partnership with Samsung. Yeah, right. and, and I found out today, TCL is the biggest Blu-ray Blu-ray displayer manufacturer in the world wow. because they make everyone else's Blu-ray players. Yeah, and it's just face plates so, for everyone else. Exactly. So like, their stand was very impressive. They've got a Google TV. They've got even a touchscreen TV that runs Windows 8. So it's wow. like a television and a massive tablet, if you want to use it that way. Uh, they've also got voice so control I would TV. have a problem with the weight of that. <laughs> yes, you certainly <laughs> would. You'd have to warm out that one, trip. But no, TCL also had voice control TV, gesture control TV. They even had a smart window. This is a, a, a television that you would put in your... Instead of a window, you'd have a TV in the wall. Yeah. Fake, like, vertically, running down the wall vertically. And uh, you can use it as a television. When you're not using it as a television, it displays this beautiful image outside that, like you're looking at a window and displays on the front the temperature, the weather. And Very it's fitting for quirky, Vegas, isn't it? quirky little product. Because you walk around Vegas, you go through Caesars, bloody Venetian, oh, they've got right. these pretend <laughs> ceilings that make you feel like you're outside. Yeah, yeah, there's a number of products at TCL. I'm going to write it up in full on uh, Tech Guide, but they're here. They've got quite a decent size stand too. Yeah, so right. they show their mean business. On the world market, they're doing very well. In Australia, they've made retail deals with Harvey Norman, uh, JB. And, and that's what CES is for. This yeah. is it. So, uh, no, a lot of cool products. Interesting. Uh, I went to, to Intel for, for a chat over there and, you know, looking at some of the convertible and touchscreen ultrabooks are unbelievable. And Hisense is occupying the space yes, that Microsoft had last year. Yeah. Um, and and they, they've got an impressive stand as well. Yes. And that's a brand, again, that, that doesn't yeah, really yeah. have a lot of traction, but yep. they're making a really nice TV, so you know it's tough for these bloody uh, Samsung, Sony's, LGs in the world because there are yeah. some really nice looking yeah. uh, televisions coming no, at the lower price bracket. A lot of competition around. I think the only winner can be the customer at the end of the day. There's plenty That's, of choices, plenty of quality, good value. That's what we like to hear. So we've uh, we've caught up in a food hall. Have you had something to eat, mate? Because I haven't. I have, yeah. I've, I've had, some, had some lunch earlier. Oh, you've had a pretzel. That's, oh, no, was, that's, that's just my afternoon stand. I yeah. was just eyeing off the pretzel stand over there. Yes. I'm going to go and get one. What, um, what's your strategy for the next two days then? Because obviously, you know, and this is important, you know, you're, we're not here to just look at stuff for fun. We're, we're, you've, got a, you've got a publishing deadline to meet. Yes, oh, I'm doing a lot of radio interviews, so you, but you've, you've essentially primarily got tech guide where you've got to you got to have a certain number of stories done. Um, what's the plan? Is it to, to scour the central hall? You're going to well, I'm doing a, the central hall. I'm sort of doing sort of hopping in and out of the central hall. I'm doing the Samsung booth tour tomorrow. I'm doing Sony the following day, and then in the in between times, I'm going to the north hall. I'm going over to the south hall and heading up to the press room to post some stories. 
uh, doing my usual 2GB radio and other spots as you are. Uh, and yeah, so just it's, I, you really need to come to CES with a plan. Yes. If you don't have a plan, you're gone. Yeah. Because you need to know where you want, need to be, and so otherwise, you just you need to make the most use of your time, and with a plan, that's the best way to go. So um, nearly at the end of day one, has anything surprised you? I mean, I guess the the LG um, curve uh, OLED, OLED yeah. would, would, would have been the. It looks really surprise. nice, and Samsung have one too. I haven't seen it. Have seen the LG one, but uh, it looked. It's it's a sort of technology that says, look what we can do. Yeah. Tied to te- technology, it's a concept product. There's no release date for it, but they're just sort of flexing a bit of tech muscle, saying, look, look what we can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I think I'm impressed with the quality of the ultra high definition televisions. It is are nice. astounding. And I, as as I said, I stand corrected. Um, they look amazing. They they do look amazing. Price is going to be an interesting one. You know, it's a small market, but if you if you if you got the cash and you want a big TV, it will be a good yeah, future. Investment. Like everything, Trevor, I've, I've been coming to CES for a long time now, and the full the first full high definition TV was nineteen ninety eight. Six to eight thousand, probably a ten thousand dollar television. It's now twelve hundred dollars. So I think well, anything new is expensive. We all know yeah. that in technology. 4K is brand new, and of course, early adopters pay a tax. It's called the early adopter tax that you pay top dollar because you're the first to get it. Yeah. But down the line, I think it's going to be something we're all going to be looking at. Did you get a look at all at the Qualcomm um, keynote? It was very interesting. I, I didn't go down because it was live streamed. I thought, why would I queue up? Uh, hello. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of awkward at some point. But Steve Barmer came out. I heard that he cracked. He didn't. He was invited. He didn't crash it. No, no, no. It was, but it he was. was it, it was the it was it the was, keynote that Microsoft used to occupy. Exactly. Was by Qualcomm. Exactly. And he so, might have got his dates because so he turned I, up a year late. Yeah, I think it's Paul Jacobs is the boss of Qualcomm. He's yeah. out there, you know, chatting about their processes. You know, they, yeah. they do the processes for a lot of mobile technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they were, he was talking about the importance of partnerships, and, he, and he's talking about Microsoft. And here comes Steve Barmer, scaring the absolute daylights out of everyone. <laughs> um, and it was kind of awkward, to be honest. It, was, it seemed awkward to me. Awkward. But, uh, but anyway, it was it was a good keynote, and Qualcomm uh, is, is a massive company. It does make me think about Intel. It makes me think yes. Intel are, you know, chasing in the mobile game. They are yes, definitely they are. chasing. Did they mention that? I think they did make mention of the fact that they are developing. Oh, they've uh, got they've got silicon for smartphones. Yeah, and they've they've got mobile phones that, that, that's and tablets. That's where it's all going to be, mate. Smartphones and tablets. If you can if you can improve the chipsets on those products, then it's really going to. In my opinion, like the, the low the low hanging fruit, the sort of those cheap entry level computers, they're all going to go um, because it's all going to be tablets. Intel have got a new processor that's going to go into the low end smartphones. So essentially, the, you know, the hundred two hundred dollar phones in the especially in developing markets, it's going to be huge. And see, Intel's in all of the, you know, Africa and those kind of places. So you might not have your HTC there, but you'll be able to get an Intel phone. So that's where that's where the market growth is. It's kind of interesting to see. But look, I, um, I, I, I haven't been blown away by anything yet, if I'm honest. Um, but well, I, I think, haven't, haven't yeah. sat and had a good play with well, anything. I think apart from like OLED 4K in terms of products, I think the whole story here at CES is... is Look what our family of products can do now. Yeah. Like you look, you've got a TV, you've got a fridge. It's a yeah, they can all do things It's together. a challenge for CES that it's evolving that way because yeah. I think, and you would have seen this over the years, it was always what was the big product, what was the big thing. And it's even, a harder question to even, answer year you, by year. You even it? see it on their fact sheets. They say it's 400 foot, um, basketball courts. It's a, and at CES was launched these products. Now it's not really about products anymore. It's about innovation, and Garrett, that's why Gareth Shapiro is talking about innovation, yeah. not gadgets and products. So Absolutely. there's a lot going on um, at CES. 2013. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, so day one almost complete. We will um, we'll whack this one up and we'll do um, another podcast hopefully every day of CES to bring you what we've seen on the show floor at CES. Um, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We did talk about them earlier, so uh, 
Uh, a big thanks to them as always. Uh, we're here uh, in Las Vegas for another few days. CES runs uh, two and a half more days. We'll, we'll stick it out for two more. I think um, we will. And then I'll be exhausted. <laughs> all right, mates. Techguide.com.au for all the latest that Stephen's seeing and EFTM.com.au for everything I'm seeing. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech.